You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with AJ Casavell, our MLB.com Padres reporter. And the Padres here at the winter meetings getting some things done. And not a lot of teams can say that here, but they pull off a trade early on with the New York Yankees. It's a familiar face coming back, Chase Headley, along with Brian Mitchell as well. But did that trade take you by surprise a little bit? Yeah, I think it's just kind of surprising in general that the Padres have been one of maybe the more busy teams here this week at the winter meetings. Uh, the Headley deal, I guess, when you look at it, it makes, it makes a little sense. I think a, a big part of it was Brian Mitchell. They looked at the free agent starting pitching market. There's not a whole lot there in terms of kind of what they're looking for. Uh, and so instead of maybe signing a guy to a multiple-year deal or a one-year deal, they say, hey, we can get this, this young kind of project who we feel like can fit in our rotation, and now we have control of him for four years, I believe. And so, so that makes sense there. They take on Chase Headley's contract, which it's, it's one year. It's $13 million. He's a, he's a good, good kind of veteran presence in a very young clubhouse. Uh, there's possibility that he's still moved or that one of the other guys gets moved, but I, th- I think the deal kind of took me a little bit by surprise. It didn't necessarily take me by surprise that when you look at the specifics of it. And you look at it from the Yankees' perspective, and the one-year $13 million was the biggest thing. They wanted to get rid of that, get rid of Chase Headley's uh, contract as they try to get under the uh, the tax with Giancarlo Stanton coming on board. And it seems like because of that, maybe the, the Padres didn't have to give up a whole lot. Jabari Blash is a guy who's got massive power, but he is what he is, right? Yeah, Jabari Blash is an interesting piece in that uh, he, he has almost, I mean, I don't want to put him on the Stanton judge level of how much power he has, but he has... He has some of the best batting practices you'll ever see. He yeah. crushes the ball, but he just he just strikes out too much. I think it's it's up around 40% at the major league level. And so he's 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 I think 27 years old. He kind of hasn't panned out. Maybe a change of scenery will help him a little bit. But uh, the Padres were high on his power. I think ultimately he just just struck out too much and batting average around 200. That's not that that didn't cut it for them. Where does Mitchell kind of fit into things in that rotation? Their rotation's wide open right yeah. now. I think they want they want to go into camp with around 10 different possibilities for rotation uh, for rotation spots. Um, but right now, I think they have seven or eight. Mitchell's Mitchell's out of options, and so they view him as a starter. They've made it very clear they view him as a starter. The opportunity's there. I think it's a it's it's a pretty safe bet he makes the rotation as a starting pitcher. You mentioned Headley being flipped possibly, and, and it's a number of guys that are in that same boat. And it's kind of easy to figure it out when you look at the roster, right? There's Headley, there's there's Young Harvest, Salarte, Corey Spangenberg, Carlos Asuay. There's all these guys that play kind of that, that similar area. There's too many of them. So mm-hmm. I guess you put them all out there and you see who brings back the best deal. That's what the Padres are doing. Yeah. And, I mean, they, they had too many of those second base, third base types before the trade deadline, and then they bring on Chase Headley. And so now the question is, do they, they, do they deal maybe two of those pieces? I think it's, it's a safe bet that one of those guys moves maybe in the, maybe in the next week or so. Uh, I know the Padres, as soon as, as soon as they acquired Chase Headley, several teams checked in with, with A.J. Preller and company asking, all right, what does this mean now about these guys' availability, about Salarte, about Spangenberg, about Asuaje. And so the Padres, all three kind of bring different things to the table. Salarte's more experienced. Asuaje's maybe more of, more of a, like a young question mark. Spangenberg's versatile, athletic. They all bring different things. 
the Padres now see we'll, we'll find out where do we get the most value in return, and I'm sure they'll, they'll end up dealing one of them. Could be Headley. And none of those guys are really true shortstops. Some of them can play mm-hmm. shortstop, but that's still a hole for this team, and the names you kind of start to hear, Zach Cozart, Freddie Galvis, guys that are out there. Obviously, Cozart's a free agent. He's coming off a, a big year. The Reds didn't trade him at the deadline. Then you have Galvis, who is obviously under contract with the Phillies. So it's two different routes, free agent or trade. Yeah, the Padres, I, I think they said they have around eight or nine different shortstop options that they're checking in on now. They're trying, and, they're, and when they're going through that process, they're weighing the, the whole opportunity cost, the whole do we, do we pay X amount of dollars, do we give, do we give up X caliber of prospects. And so I, I think at, a, at shortstop it's going to come down to what, what meshes best with the organization's plan to bring along Fernando Tatis Jr., who they're very high on. Uh, he could be making an impact by 2019, probably 2020 at the latest. Uh, and so they don't want to necessarily block him, but w- w- when you're acquiring a shortstop, you're not really blocking anyone because shortstops can generally move to a different spot, move to second base, move to third base. And so uh, for right now, the Padres will, will weigh their options. I don't, I don't know how many of them are free agent guys. I don't know how many of them are trade guys. Uh, but they'll essentially see what is the least cost for the best return. Eric Hosmer, one of the first rumors of this offseason was, Padres have interest in an Eric Hosmer. And then you heard, all right, they're just doing their due diligence on all the free agents, and that's why. And then you, it just won't go away, won't go away. He's still available, and you still hear the Padres connected to him. Yeah, I think this week is the first is the first week where I've really kind of been convinced that this thing might pick up. I mean, they were checking in, they were doing their due diligence at first. Now it, it, it's, it sounds like it's kind, of, it's kind of moved to the point where we get to the point where is are they going to put an offer in? Are they going to are they are they ready to to do something like that? Hosmer, the fit is kind of it's it's a little bit curious given that they have Will Myers. They've already committed the biggest contract in franchise history to Will Myers, who's a first baseman, and now they want to give potentially a bigger contract to another first baseman. But Myers, to his credit, says, "Hey, I'll play a corner outfield spot," and he's been very receptive to it. Uh, he's certainly athletic enough to do it, even if maybe some of his defensive metrics weren't great in the outfield before. I'm, I think he's athletic enough where he could he could lock down a corner outfield spot. Uh, and Hosmer obviously comes with the pedigree of having won. He's been a World Series, not not just a contributor, but maybe one of the main driving forces. The Padres wouldn't mind having that in their clubhouse. So uh, there's it. I think when when the rumor first surfaced, it was kind of a head scratcher. And the more you dig into it, the more it, it kind of begins to make a little bit of sense. We'll see if things pick up. I still think there's 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 a little bit of a market to develop for Hosmer. Myers came up as a catcher originally, played in the outfield, then finally found that home at first. So he's certainly versatile. That is for sure. Uh, this has kind of been. The winter meetings of relievers, it feels like, as we've gotten more and more into it. We keep seeing more and more relievers get signed and, and, and move and not a whole lot of anything else. And the one guy, when you look at this Padres team, that you, people keep expecting to be dealt is Brad Hand. Is that still a possibility? Yeah, I think it's still possible, but the, the chatter has kind of quieted down. It's not what it was at the trade deadline when everyone was interested. I think going forward, what we'll see is now that these guys have signed and they have a home and bullpens have kind of maybe taken a little more shape, some of the teams that, that missed out on relievers and, and maybe still want a, a dominant arm will offer the Padres. The Padres are going to ask a lot for Brad Hand. They think very highly of him, and they also think he could potentially be part of their future. Uh, I, that's ultimately what it came down to with the trade deadline. They got, I know they got some very good offers. Uh, they didn't get one that, that got over the top, and they, nothing that Brad Hand's done in the last three months would, would make the Padres think any other way about him. They, think, they, they view him as one of the top five or so relievers in baseball. It sounds like Greg Holland is off the market, heading back to Colorado. 
Um, Brian Shaw is heading to Colorado. The, the, that market is kind of starting to dry up a little. Wade Davis is still out there, and he's going to be a guy that gets a big contract. Is it something where once Wade Davis is off the board, then maybe teams focus in a little bit more on Brad Hand and the, and the Padres get a few more calls? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. I also wouldn't be surprised if it kind of lingered into, into spring training, just because the Padres are in no rush. They have yeah. Brad Hand under control for two more years. This isn't, this isn't trying to unload a, a, a contract or anything like that. They have Brad Hand under team control at a reasonable price through 2019, and they have a spot for him at the back of their bullpen. And so they're essentially, they essentially view it as, We're, we'll, we'll move Brad Hand if you blow us away with an offer. And they haven't been blown away by an offer. I think maybe when the relief market settles, when Davis goes somewhere, it'll be a little more clear but that doesn't mean that something's definitively going to happen or the rumors will definitely start then. You look down on the minor league system, and obviously it's a talented system with, with uh, prospects coming up along the way, some of them getting closer and closer. I want to talk about pitching. We, Cal Quantrill's a guy who pitched in the Futures game last year, so the moment you're in that game, I think usually the fan base kind of knows, all right, this is a guy we should really pay attention to if we aren't already. Um, talk about him and, and who else is with him coming up that's going to help this team in the near future. Yeah, they've got a they've got a really impressive double A rotation, and I think uh, some of those guys are going to get big league invites, and they're not they're not going to make the roster out of spring, but they're going to get a chance to face major league hitters. And what I've been told, that's going to probably be their first their first audition for a major league spot. It's not going to be April first, but it it could be June first. They've got uh, Cal Quantrill, as you mentioned. He he. The progression last year from high A to double A wasn't as smooth as, as a Joey Lucchese, who I think could come along even quicker than Quantrill. He could be up by midseason. Uh, Eric Lauer is also in that rotation, Jacob Nix. So they've got, a, they've got a really good crop of pitchers, and they're kind of relying on those guys because their bats, their young bats are already here. Now, they have yeah. development to do at the major league level, but they're here. The pitchers are kind of the next group to come, and it'll, it'll, I think we'll find out this year. I wouldn't be surprised if, if one or two of those guys debuts and if another one or two of those guys set themselves up for 2019. Great stuff. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Padres edition. For AJ Casavell, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.